When looking for the king of podcasts, you're at the wrong channel. Well, excuse me! Looking for good ideas for life? You're far from good hands. Hey, bud, what's your problem? If you think the listener is always right, you're far from the right place. Out of order! Even in the future, nothing works! Hosted by a Northeasterner by birth, but a rebel by choice. Are you threatening me? If you want a host that floats between love and madness, and we know the night is always gonna be here anyway. Thinking of you's working up my appetite, looking forward to a little afternoon delight. Then play on and listen to Crazy Train Radio. All right, guys, uh, listen to the blues riff and B. Watch me for the changes and try and keep up, okay? Warning, creators of this game do understand the subject matter may be offensive to some, but they do honor the families and people that have been affected by these real-life tragedies that these individuals have caused. Wanna play a game? Oh yeah! Lover of true crime? Yes, yes, yes. Well, we got an interesting game for you to check out. Wow. With the mashup of influences such as horror movies, collecting cards, and RPGs. What? Led to giving birth to an incredible creation of this game. Killers, the card game. You are all my children now. This game is a collectible trading card game featuring some of the most infamous killers with tidbits of trivia on the back of each card to help you learn some insight to each criminal. Who the hell are you? Let's not forget, during the game, cops will be chasing you and these criminals. I'm a cop, you idiot! However, check out their website listed through all social media today, which can be found under Killers, the card game. Am I on the internet? I want to play a game. Hey, this is Sarah Voigt, and you're listening to Crazy Train Radio. your least favorite host in the podcast world, Croc, Jonathan Steele. Boy, do we have a good one for you today. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this next guest has certainly been a part of some waves 
in a good way uh, when it comes to movies. But this next guest is an American actress that is from New Orleans, Louisiana. So she knows a good food and drink, that is for sure, from her neck of the country. But she has received her training in New York City as far as acting and her modeling career when she started. And she has appeared in numerous print campaigns and television commercials before making a transition to film. She is currently well known for her part as Barbara, starring opposite some guy named David Howard Thornton. Who's that? Yeah, that bum. Yeah, and <laughs> I know my I know my phone will go off as I say that when he hears us. And the mother of Lauren Lavera. Yeah. And let's and let's not forget Elliot Fulham. Because let's again, not forget. Yeah, because I know my phone will go off if I forget Elliot as well. And Terrifier too. Sarah Voigt, how are you doing? Good. Thank you for having me. Right on. And I got to ask, and if this is too personal, just tell me, fly a kite. But you just went back to New York, correct? I did, yes. All right. So how was travel for you and all good? Travel was good. Yeah, it's a nice um, sloppy mess outside. But other than that, it's good. Yeah. Oh, I know. I'm in Jersey, so I've been. Oh, yeah, you know. Yeah, I know how easy and messy it can get. So. First and foremost. And I'm going to bounce around a little bit, but. What has been the response been for you from your perspective on Terrifier 2 so far? Um, Surprisingly amazing. It's been I, I, I never imagined it would become what it's become. And the response has been just great. Exactly. And especially for an independent film. Mm-hmm. And obviously horror fans are loyal and knew about the first one from 2016. And the anticipation, I guess is the word I'm looking for, was pretty high for part two, which I think it lived up to the hype. Yeah. But before we dive into that kind of thing, I mentioned that you've done modeling work and everything else like that. But with that, and I'm not knocking or saying anything about different uh, kinds of modeling and everything else like that, but Sarah, you tend to keep yourself in great shape. And I know uh, the reason I'm saying this, and I know everything is in on the internet is true, but rumor has it fitness is a big thing for you and that you are a marathon runner, but also a certified Pilates instructor. So yes. now did we do, were we doing the Pilates stuff as a uh, job or before we did the modeling stuff or um i started teaching pilates about seven years ago and i started teaching because um i kept injuring myself running so <laughs> I kind of one thing sort of led to another guilty <laughs> and yeah and the only reason i started running was because i had quit smoking <laughs> and, 
I was like, I needed to focus on something that was going to help me not pick up a cigarette. So here we are. <laughs> yeah. And it, I, I totally know that about injuring yourself. Uh, I used to, I was the guy who, I was a distance runner in school and okay. not that this is about me, but the funny thing is where everybody would be on the teams, high school and college would be stretching and showing up a few minutes early for practice and or meets. I was the guy who come up with a bottle of soda, 20 ounce bottle of soda, a, and a couple, whether it be a bag of chips. And I said, all right, let's go. Gun yeah. goes off where, you know what I mean? Like, I was the complete opposite. So, yeah. of course, you know, I would tweak knees and my back and different things. And, of course, they'd be like, well, why don't you come do like everybody else? <laughs> but that's not me. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's not my personality. So yeah. that's here and there. Anyway, it's good to hear that you at least try to do something positive. And I'm not bad-mouthing smokers, none of that. Obviously, what led you to, hey, let me give a modeling a shot. I started when I was about 14. And it was very hit or miss for me. Okay. Um, I kind of, you know, I, you know, the looks and the this and the that. And I turned to, I, that kind of parlayed itself into commercials and more lifestyle advertising and print. And then that's sort of where the money and my, you know, my little pocket was, and I kind of just rode that for a really long time. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know too much about the modeling industry and all that fun stuff, but that seems like a interesting time at 14 to get into modeling because most teenagers, and I'm saying both sides of the spectrum here, male, female, you you really don't, you're still learning yourself essentially at 14. Mm -hmm. So, and I know on the female side, you always hear about people being self-conscious about my looks and just everything that's going on at that time period. So that's yeah, cool I mean, I don't think word. that ever goes away, actually. I mean, you know, it ebbs and it flows. Um, yeah, it, it was, it was tough. You know, you just have thick skin. And just know that you were hired for the job and they liked you. You can just Exactly. Exactly. Now, did you uh, parlay the modeling to try to go into film or did film and the commercials and everything else come to you? Um, the commercials came to me. I mean, I really sucked at modeling, to be just very frank. Um, and I found it much easier being in front of a TV camera. Um, but no, I did commercials for so long. And to be honest, I just was so sick of doing them and not to bite the hand that feeds, but I didn't start auditioning for TV and film until 2019. Really? Exactly. I would, yeah. I would do like small things here and there and you do your training because it's kind of like you're in New York. Why not? Um, but I didn't really start this until, you know, about four or five years ago. And the interesting part is, and again, this lovely thing called the internet, mm -hmm. I, I know everything is true on that, but, <laughs> and I'm not saying the pandemic wasn't tough. It was for everybody, but I heard you quote it in a recent chat that the pandemic may have been good for you professionally because of 
the change of the process of how you would audition changed. Yeah. It, Could you um, elaborate on that? Of course. It was actually one of the best things that ever happened to me. And career-wise, you know, life-wise, it was terrible. Um, we moved back to New Orleans. I uh, got an amazing agent there. And because we were auditioning at home all the time, sort of the anxiety went away and the nervousness of being in the room. And um, I don't know, it just, things just started to happen. So it was really kind of a great thing for me because I was getting opportunities I never got to have before. Now, with that audition process, because obviously there's a lot of self-tapes, but there's also, I guess, live interviews per se, like we're having now. This is being taped to be released, but you're having live conversations with whether it's the producers, directors, whoever, with the process. Did you prefer doing the self-tapes or rather doing something live with somebody on the other side to, hey – Sarah, we're looking for this. We're looking for that. Whatever the agent had uh, tried to present to you. Um, I, I enjoy the self-tapes. I don't mind the Zooms. The Zooms get, like, say it's a callback or, you know, your final audition. It gets a little hard because there's, like, eight or nine people up mm -hmm. on the screen. And it's just, I think that, and you're in your own apartment. It's not like you're outside of your, you know, it's a little personal. Um but yeah, I think, I hope I'm answering this, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I like the self-taping. I don't, I don't, you know, feedback is always good, but. Yeah. Well, speaking of feedback and we're going to get into Terrifier 2 here in a second, but associated with the film, there was a recent event. I believe it was last Saturday mm -hmm. in Jersey. <laughs> Kevin Smith held a double feature at his theater. And I was watching some of the Q&A and I saw you were there. So what was that like being with a live audience? And you're laughing because I'm guessing I'm going to ask why you're laughing because there are going to be several reasons why. But how um, was that, that for was, you? By far, it was so, so much fun. I mean, so much fun. Um, it was great. I did. It was fun. It was such a great crowd. Really, really, everyone was so nice and excited to be there. And like, we just felt the love. It was great. And it's funny because, like I said earlier, the horror audience is a very loyal audience. Yeah. But there, I know there's a group, and you did a uh, live chat with them recently the Art the Clown Appreciation Society. Yeah. And it, it's amazing seeing such love and i guess it helps with social media and such these days but such a loyal fan base for a project that started out as a short from david Le or damian leone so with this project how did you get involved was this something that agent brought to you or did you know somebody in the film or no i auditioned yeah I auditioned. I originally auditioned for um, Allie's mom. Mm -hmm. And then um, Damien called and was like, hey, can you read for this? And I re-auditioned for Barbara. And that's where I went. Exactly. And 
I mentioned the live feed you did with that uh the Art the Clown Society. You re-auditioned, but apparently you uh were a little jealous because you thought as far as the death scene. Now you were talking about you only got little snippets of the script and that you didn't get a full script. So what was that like only having certain parts and um, seeing yeah, everything, I, mean, I guess you should say. I mean, that's pretty normal unless, you know, the, that that's pretty normal. Um, but I got everything up until Barb dies. Yeah. So and you're then, talking about to right where you were cleaning up the car kind of deal. Yeah. Um, because the scene where I come back to see Sienna in the haunted house, that was added on like months later. Okay. Yeah. Damien called and was like, Hey, I have an idea. Are you down? And I was like, sure. And I think we shot that at like two in the morning. Yeah. Hmm. It's crazy. And yeah, it's funny. Now with that being said, you only be being able to see up until your death scene. I heard the mashed potato scene was actually a shock to you, correct? Yes, it was. I did not know that that's, that was happening at all. And it was, uh, if I remember this correctly, it was Elliot's father that smartened you up to. Justin, yeah. He showed me a picture and um, I still have it. And I was like, what? He's like, <laughs> oh yeah, that's what happens to you. Art comes in in an apron and he dances around and shoves mashed potatoes in your face. And I was like, Why? <laughs> Yeah, that scene was crazy. Oh, that whole movie was crazy. Yeah. Damien's a great guy, all of them are. Amazing. I'm thinking, I'm like, I sat in a prosthetic, like the goo, for how long (laughs) for that to happen? Like, yeah. But no, it's all worth it. You know who's who doesn't get enough recognition is Phil and Michael and all of them, Phil Falcon and Michael Levy, because I'm in um, Michael Levy's new movie, Stream. Oh yeah, the stuff they do is insane in that. Like you think they have like a two million dollar budget, and they just pull it off like with nothing. It's crazy. Like it's it's great to see. Like it's all family and stuff like that. Damien's a great guy. David, I have millions of photos with him and stuff like that. But your death scene really like is impactful. It's just like sad sometimes to watch. Yeah, because, you know, Sienna has, like, that family element to it. And, like, my grand, you remind me of my grandma, too, in that movie, because she's, she's cursing all the time and stuff like that at Sienna. She's, and my mom was watching, and she was like, you know, she's like, that's me. I was like, yeah, that is you. Love it. Like, yeah. That's it was funny great. as hell to watch. No, it's it's honestly, they are such a great group to work with. They are. And to know and just... I mean, like we all met up on Saturday and I hadn't seen anyone since the premiere and it was just nonstop laughter. That was at the Kevin Smith thing, right? I was supposed to go to that. Yeah, it was really fun. Because I live in yeah. Jersey. Okay, cool. Yeah. So anyway, I want to jump back in here, Brendan. Uh, and just to smart her up, Sarah, up, this was the gentleman I said who donated towards the show. So... One of the perks was being able to co-host for an episode and glad he was finally able to get into the room. Yeah. But, yeah. There was, and, well, yes. that's here or there, buddy. We got you. Know. So <laughs> yeah. what I was going to say was I wasn't sure 
if this was the New York premiere or over at Fright Fest. But I heard another quote from you, Sarah. But this was more in-house, per se, when you're sitting with the cast and crew. And you kind of said something to Damon, Damien and all, David and all. Are you guys, like, sick and twisted? Or, like, just because, I guess, the major death scene? Or what was that? Uh, you we were, were in about? Austin. Yeah. That was the Austin premiere. Oh, and I hadn't seen the film yet. So I'm watching uh, Casey, poor Casey, and her scene. She's and a I sweetheart, by the way. Oh, she's a doll. And I'm sitting next to Mike Levy. And I literally just... I look at him and I, he's like cackling. And then I look at Damien and I'm like, <laughs> what's fucking wrong with you? I was like, seriously. Everyone just starts laughing. I was, and Casey was right here and she was just giggling. And I was like, oh my God, you yeah. poor thing. I recently got to talk to Casey last week. I art must have been uh sorry for the tech things, but that spirituality or it, the karma of art from Terrifier Two must have been. It, it must have hacked my computer or something between the headset and then freezing there. Sinister entity. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you know that's funny. That I'm glad you were able to tell me it was the. Austin viewing that you go really what in the hell but uh yeah you know it's a uh, quite interesting and I heard that you are not particularly a horror fan so what was it like taking a role in such a gory <laughs> film um it was a shot in the dark it was, you know, every opportunity is, you, you never know what you're getting into. Sometimes you think the job is going to be amazing and it sucks. And then sometimes, you know, you have no expectations and it's the best thing you ever do. And, you know, this was something I'd never done. And I was like, let's do it. Exactly. So. And obviously it was the right, let's do it and memorable things. Mm -hmm. So but I should mention that the DVD is coming out in the next 10 or 12 days. I wow. believe it's the 27th for Blu-ray. It's up for pre-order on Amazon and such. But you can see the movie on Screenbox for right. a streaming service, which is associated with Bloody Disgusting and all those fine folks, which they also have a bunch of other great products. Or I shouldn't say products. Other movies and franchises and other things. They're doing good things over at Screenbox. So there's a good spot to check it out. But I want to wrap with this, Sarah. And before I wrap, uh, Brendan, do you have a question you'd like to ask as the co-host? Um, no, not really. I mean, I think it was amazing getting to talk to everybody tonight. I mean, I usually don't do these too often because I'm, I'm usually really busy so that when I re really get to see um, from Terrifier it's usually at the conventions or like hangouts and stuff like that so to meet somebody new from uh, cast and crew and stuff like that so Likewise. who knows maybe I'll see you soon absolutely and um, I think I do my first convention in January so, so would that be Day of the uh, Dead in Atlanta that's it yeah 
Yeah. yeah, I w- I wanted to go to that one, but I'm not going all the way to Atlanta for <laughs> yeah. that. I mean, it's not happening. Yeah, yeah. I got an interesting Atlanta story, but I'll leave that alone from recent travel coming from a different convention, but uh, <laughs> that's here and there. <laughs> Other thing I wanted to bring up and wrap with, it's obviously the holiday season, so it's kind of relaxed and stuff for a lot of people at this point with Hanukkah starting on sunday night and then we got christmas and new year's in the following two weeks and such but i hear for 2023 at least early 2023 you're going to have a busy uh period that you're involved with a production and there's a uh production company you're forming and what's going on there what can you say wow that's thank you for asking um I have a production company um, and we are in pre-production for our first film. Um, You know, typical, it's getting pushed back and we're hoping for an April, May start. And um, yeah, it's a little um, sort of independent comedy and um, hopefully it gets off the grounds because it'll be really great. I have faith. Well, with that being said, please do and spread the word when they get the word out about that but with that being said is it a do you have everybody lined up that you want to be involved with this or we still going through hiring crews and talent and all that fun stuff is that why the pushback's going on yeah we're still in i guess you could call it the hiring phase um we do have our which has been really fun for me to be on the other side of casting um that's been really fun. So we have our list and offers are going out and, um, you know, we'll see what happens, you know, if it gets off the ground. Exactly. Well, final, final question. And um, as I think of that, since you said you're on the other side now with this project, is that harder for you because you're used to being the one auditioning or trying to present your talents to be hired? So is that harder for you to go, uh, I like all these people, but I can't hire everybody, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, I think I do. I'm a little softer in all the meetings because I want to give everyone a chance. And I'm like, no, but give it to a no name, you know, give somebody a shot. Like, that's how I feel. Um, but no, I think the best thing about it is it has demystified so much and it really is just, it's just really interesting to get down to the nuts and bolts and kind of figuring out how the house is built. So. Right on. And yeah, it's funny. Cause when I was coming back into the room after I had to hit a quick restart, you were talk guys were talking about like Michael Levy and such. And so I'm guessing you've been able to talk to those guys over to fuzz on the lens and. I haven't talked to anybody yet. Now, well, you know I mean? They maybe get tips and stuff, but. Okay. Oh yeah. Once we are kind of, you know, on our way and like, we have a bit more concrete stuff going on. I'm definitely going to be like, hi, you know, can I pick How do you a break for five seconds? Exactly. Cause obviously they've had a couple projects do okay. Yeah. So yeah, just a few. Yeah. <laughs> and one's still being talked about with a $250,000 budget, but who knows? Yeah, I mean, who knows? Well, Sarah, <laughs> appreciate the time happy holidays you. to you and you too. much love and success with everything thank you i really appreciate it 
Great seeing you. You too. I'll meet, hopefully meet you both at a convention one day. Hey there, Friday fans. We know how much you enjoy the movies. Enjoy grabbing your Friday merchandise and interacting with the Friday family, whether it be at conventions or during our particular watch-alongs. Well, when you're looking to get yourself masks, why not check out our friends over at Camp Blood Customs out of New York State and order your specific custom mask from any other films. All orders are made specifically your needs and wants are. Make sure you find Camp Blood Customs on Facebook, Instagram, and all over social media and order yours today. Hey, boils and ghouls, David Howard Thornton, Art the Clown himself, and you're listening to Crazy Train Radio. Choo-choo! Yeah, yeah!